Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number is 877-381-3811, Brief announcement. Uh, Fox News Channel and I are extending my show for another four years. Uh, it was up in February. We're extending it another four years. Uh, we've had a great relationship. Suzanne Scott trusted that I could do a show and not get thrown off the air uh, on Fox and uh, where others did not. And I want to thank her and her team and all the, uh, all the folks in between who, uh, who have supported this. So uh, we will be doing another four years, assuming I'm here. I think I will be. Um, four years starting in February. And I know this upsets all our enemies out there, but that's just too bad. So uh, I want to congratulate them. They congratulated me. And so we move forward in what will be a very interesting and critically important four years. And most of all, I want to appreciate all of you folks in the audience. Life, Liberty, and Levin has been, really, without fail, the number one Sunday night primetime show for years. And thanks to you, we have defeated MSNBC and CNN combined week after week after week after week. And it's often the number one show in the entire weekend on cable news talk. Uh, and we have to duke it out with football, and we have to duke it out with Yellowstone and all the rest of it. But you, you show up. And I do the very best I can on that program to make it worth your while. I don't shoot from the hip. It's something we think about a lot. We think about the guests. We keep it limited. We go deep. And uh, now that this campaign is over, we're going to continue with that format. It's a unique 
long-form interview format. Again, I want to thank you. I want to thank Fox. I want to thank my family, my beautiful wife, Julie, all of our kids, my wonderful mother-in-law, everybody. All right, I want to talk to you folks for a second. I've been doing this for about 20 years. You and I, we've been through a lot together. We were through the Tea Party and various movements beyond that, various candidacies beyond that. Many of you have purchased many of my books. I've written nine books. Millions and millions. What are they about? What are they about? What do I do? What is the purpose of all this? Now, I'm going to tell you something. I've been thinking about this. I've been watching the media. I've been watching the politicians. I've been watching these governors today spout off. I've been watching the, the people who have spent most of their life inside the Washington, D.C. bubble, working for one of these entities or another, working for think tanks. And I've been watching this McConnell for 20 years, and I'm going to tell you something. I want to tell something to Mitch McConnell. I want to tell something to Chris Christie and Larry Hogan and Asa Hutchison. I want to tell something to the Republican establishment that's still here, still dug in, no matter who we send to Washington, no matter what revolution we have politically. I want to tell you something. You guys are trying to exploit this past election to empower yourselves yet again. You don't care about Donald Trump. Your vicious, constant, obsessive attacks on Trump, that Trump's time has come, we get to decide that. We the people, you don't get to decide that. We get to decide if Larry Hogan is presidential material. You don't get to decide that. I want to tell you something. If at the end of the day, the Mitch McConnells went out over the course of the next few years, if the Republican establishment wins out, if the Mitt Romneys went out and the Chris Christie's and the Hogan's and the Asa Hutchison's went out and the Peggy Noonan's, then count me out. And I'm going to encourage, I'm going to lead a movement where millions and millions of us refuse to back the Republican Party. They keep threatening us. They keep talking about the people who lost, what kind of reprobates they were, when they wouldn't even support them. Every person I just mentioned to you didn't lift a finger to help these candidates. Not a finger. McConnell played games. He cherry-picked. But McConnell has blocked more in the Senate and promoted more deficit spending and so-called bipartisan legislation. This country is dying from this. We the people are dying from this. We're getting smothered. And I don't need lectures from Paul Gigot and his team over at the Wall Street Journal. Once in a while they ought to go out and meet the people. Every now and then. 
And I don't need lectures from the National Review, which used to be a great magazine. Still has a few great writers, but not enough. Who come to the defense of the very people who have created this situation. 50 years as an activist. 20 years on the radio. Many of you understand exactly what I'm talking about. It doesn't mean that we support every nut job who's out there. It doesn't mean that we don't have prudence and think about various candidates and so forth. What I'm talking about is if you and you're smart out there, step back. Look at what's going on. Chris Christie gets a standing ovation at the Republican Governors Association meeting. For the last five, six, seven days in a row, Trump, 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 Trump. Even from our friends. They see it as their opportunity. People who didn't help us at all. People who do not, when they say unite, do not invite conservatives in. We are not going to beat the Marxists. We are not going to promote the Constitution. We are not going to promote liberty if we agree to this. We have more power than all of them combined. You and me. And the 14 and a half million listeners to this program over the course of a week. We have more power. This is our country. It's not Mitch McConnell's. It's not Chris Christie's. It's not some newspaper editorial pages. It's us. And they put the same propagandists on radio and TV over and over again in the newspaper. Saying the same thing. If only the Tea Party had done this. If only MAGA had done that. If only conservatives had done this. Excuse me. The only reason the Republican Party has any relevance and any power is because of you. Mitch McConnell's walking around. He's crowing up there on Capitol Hill. I have the votes. The bastard has the votes. They all line up behind him. Not a damn one of them, except really about a handful of them, but the ones that lined up behind him. They're not worth a damn. Nothing. Barrasso. Thune. Well, Thune got 70% of it. Gives a damn. What do I care? Gets 100% of the vote out of South Dakota. Why do I mind? Has nothing to do with me, except when he serves as a henchman for McConnell. I know McConnell better than McConnell knows McConnell. Oh, the judges. Excuse me. He gets credit for judges? Bob Dole would have done it. Trent Lott would have done it. Any solid conservative in there would have made sure. Don't give me Mitch McConnell and the judges. The guy's been there 15 damn years. Can you point to something else? They ask us, vote for Romney. We line up behind Romney. Look what Romney's become. A fraud. Get behind McCain. You get behind McCain. Can't run a damn presidential campaign. 
And now all the losses, the same incompetent Republicans who delivered defeat after defeat after defeat. The same incompetent Republicans, the same Mitch McConnells who opposed Ronald Reagan in 76, who opposed Ronald Reagan in 1980. That's how foresighted this clown is. Runs the Republicans in the Senate. He's their leader. This guy is so unpopular among Republicans, he can't even speak at a Republican event. He can't even campaign for candidates. He can't even go on conservative shows. I'm not talking about frauds. I'm talking about really conservative shows. Can't do it. And won't do it. Because he's despised. Except by all the mouthpieces inside the Beltway. And in New York. That's where his support comes from. The fact that he can't communicate to the American people. He can't talk. He's not uniting anybody. He's not uniting anybody. Now what about Trump? He's making an announcement tonight. I don't know what it is. I don't even want to know in advance what it is. He'll do what he wants. Well, let me tell you a little secret. Donald Trump and I become quite friendly. We don't talk that much. Ron DeSantis and I are very close, very good friends. Let him duke it out. I do not support the vicious personal attacks on DeSantis, whether it's the New York Times or Donald Trump. And I've said it. But the people who are trashing Trump are the people who've never liked Trump. Chris Christie? What the hell did this jerk do in New Jersey? The Democrats still control New Jersey. What did this idiot Larry Hogan do? He opposed his own Republican candidate. He doesn't believe in a big tent. All these guys are grifters. All they do is promote themselves. They want a TV show or they, they, want, a, they want some kind of a legacy. I don't know what it is. They don't have a snowball's chance in hell. And there's George W. Bush sitting happy. Where the hell is he? Waco, Texas? Painting. And having a grand old time with the Obamas. Did you know they're good friends? Oh, yes, particularly he and Michelle. Well, the country's burning. Doesn't lift a damn finger to help. Not a finger. The fact is, the most selfish Republican bastards have always been the same selfish Republican bastards. The ones that don't work hard. The ones that expect to have power. The ones who work closely with the corrupt media to trash their conservative opponents. I've seen it too often. I see how they went after Reagan. It took them three damn times to get the nomination. Why? Because the Republican establishment didn't want them. Look what the hell Trump's had to put up with. Don't get me wrong. I get annoyed too. Yes, I do. But that man doesn't deserve what he gets. And he swings back. Maybe he swings back in ways I wouldn't. But that's what he does. 
So he needs to go to prison for that, right? And they're already trashing DeSantis. They're already trashing him. And they'll trash the others too. What I'm saying here, and I want to be abundantly clear, we keep getting threats by the McConnell types and the establishment types. Now it's our turn. You guys take this party over. You kill this conservative movement. And I'm walking away, hopefully, with 14 and a half million listeners. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, marriage. These subjects are a big part of political dialogue today. We talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. And my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Today, you can join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So don't wait, folks. Watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation. It's a killer. And sign up for this new, completely free online course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Completely free online at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I hear these uh, Republicans saying the ones are one are in Washington. We should have focused on the future, not the past. Who stopped them? Who stopped them from focusing on the future? What is it that they offered us for the future? They didn't do anything. At least in the House, where you have a change of hands, the Senate, we lost a seat. We got nothing. They ran on nothing. Absolutely nothing. Well, we can't run on the past. Okay, run on the future. Run on something, for God's sakes. And you know what they won't run on? Conservatism. They won't run on limited government. They won't run on capitalism. They won't run on faith and morality. I've got more on this. Stick with me. They won't run on our principles. Instead, they all want to turn into Gerald Ford and George Bush now. That's the answer? No, that's a disaster. I'll be right back. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, marriage. These subjects are a big part of political dialogue today. We talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. And my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Today, you can join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So don't wait, folks. Watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation. It's a killer. And sign up for this new, completely free online course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Completely free online at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. 
Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. Let me tell you something, folks. Because of the lack of strong leadership by this guy McConnell, and not just him, let me talk about the governors. They say, look at the governors. That's where our strength is. Like all the governors are alike. No, they're not all alike. Some of them suck. And some of them are Republicans. We have voting issues in these states. Tell me, who was the governor of Arizona? His name was Ducey. How come he didn't fix it? You think the Democrats would sit there? You think they'd lie there like a flounder on the beach and just let them roll over them? No. Well, why didn't he fix it in Arizona? And I can go through state after, look at New Jersey. What the hell did Christie leave? A Democrat party more powerful than ever before. Look at this guy, Hogan. These people are not leaders. They're not statesmen. They managed to win election here and there. Of course there's lousy Republican candidates. There always are. But they're not exclusively because of MAGA or exclusively because of conservatives or even exclusively because of rhinos. It's just that everything we're hearing is so much bullcrap right now. Mitch McConnell, what do you think? I think we lost. Speak up, pal. Try and speak in English. Try and use real words and complete sentences. I've never seen anything like it before. And he has a an iron grip on the leadership in the, uh, in the Republicans in the Senate because they're all a joke. Certainly more and more of them. Let's go back. Chris Christie. Chris Christie couldn't fight his way out of New Hampshire. He's the leader. Larry Hogan. Please, are you a joke? Asa Hutchison? Are we serious? Guys, can you speak up, Governor? We can't even hear you. We got harvesting going on in these things. Forget about fraud. We have harvesting. We have curing. You ever hear of harvesting and curing? Now, if you're a Republican governor, you get rid of that crap. The Wall Street Journal editorial page viciously used to attack the Tea Party. As a matter of fact, that editorial page, which is being cited all day for reasons I don't understand, it's basically five uh, office nerds who hang around and write an editorial, big deal. This is from July 2nd, 2001. I've read it before. It's about immigration. We annually celebrate the 4th of July with a peon to immigration, the force that tamed this vast continent and built this great republic. This is not simply history. Immigration continues to refresh and nourish America. We would be better off with more of it. Indeed, during the immigration debate of 1984, ready for this? We suggested an ultimate goal to guide passing policies, a constitutional amendment. Five words, quote, there shall be open borders, unquote. Did you know that? I guess Joe Biden was listening way back in 2001. And when it comes to the debate over the debt ceiling, 
where this country's debt is spiraling completely out of control. $31 trillion. Wasn't that long ago, folks, when it was $16 trillion. You'll see the Wall Street Journal editorial page line up behind McConnell and the big spenders and lie about the credit of the nation at stake and so forth and so on. McConnell has done this every year. He's done nothing to confront this. Nothing. Zero. Mark my words. You will see. You will see. How does a party that has a leader like this run on anything anyway? What are they going to run on? Well, he doesn't want them to run on anything. And now this will upset some of you. Josh Hawley. Josh Hawley says, here's what we need to do. And he lays out a plan that could come from George McGovern. Am I right, Mr. Producer? All about federal programs, federal money, federal subsidies, but always for the working class, of course, because the government's so efficient it can target it. Government bureaucrats who he doesn't trust should control all of our economic trade overseas. And I go, what the hell is this? This is the new populism, Mark. Populism? You're giving all this power to bureaucrats. What's so populism about it? Populism? You want to know what economic populism is? It's called capitalism. That's populism. We the people. Not some strange, weird... Yes. That's right. We have to help the working class and the working people. You're damn right we do. Get the hell off their back. Get out of their way. The private sector employs steel workers. The private sector employs coal workers. The private sector employs electricians and plumbers and roofers and construction workers. The private sector employs, is, the middle class. I don't care if you're a Republican or a conservative, what kind of label you, you put on your lapel. What makes you think you can run this economy better than Mr. and Mrs. America? We just don't need a new team managing our economy. We don't need any team managing our economy. Let's look at the candidates that Mitch McConnell wanted to run. And did run in some cases. The state Senate president in New Hampshire. A fairly liberal Republican. Wow. <clears throat> in Alaska, Lisa Murkowski. Utterly unreliable. Sorry, still have this COVID. A liberal Republican. He opposed Marco Rubio when I endorsed Marco Rubio during the Tea Party. He opposed Ted Cruz when I endorsed Ted Cruz during the Tea Party. We could go on and on. Who else? What other fantastic candidates did Mitch McConnell want to bring to the United States Senate to help save the country? And he could ensure that they would be elected, don't you know? That's right. I checked it out with the American Enterprise Institute. They feel mighty sure that they would have been elected. Or better yet, if Donald Trump would just drop dead... 
then we know all these Republicans could get elected. Unbelievable. Tell me, how have these Republicans done? How did they do without Reagan, who they opposed? How did they do without Trump, who they opposed? How did they do without the Tea Party? They wouldn't have been in a majority. And they still hate us. You understand? The Republican establishment hates us. Just like the media and the Democrats. I'm a constitutional conservative. That's what I am. Federalism. Here we have this guy, this senator in North Carolina. This will be purposely spun by the media, and I don't care. What's that senator's name? I can't remember his name. Doesn't matter. No. And so the Democrats are going to propose another gimmick. To codify same-sex marriage. You don't have to, quote-unquote codify same-sex marriage the Supreme Court already ruled that the law of the land is that same-sex marriage must be permitted throughout the land Tom Tillis Tommy Tillis what has Tom Tillis done in the Senate? Nothing but you voted for him I would have voted for him right there we need your vote, okay what has he done? Nothing They're saying, we need a forward message. Well, what's the message? So the Democrats are very good at scheming, and they say, okay, we want to codify same-sex marriage. And he announces, we Republicans need to all get behind that. Just get behind it. So just think about this for a second. Put this subject aside, but think about what he's doing. The Supreme Court already ruled. There's literally no threat to this. We do have issues of federalism, so on the, on the edges, you know, the states have to make certain kinds of decisions, whether a baker has to bake for the, you know, that sort of thing. And he, he blows off federalism, he blows off the Supreme Court, he's ready to vote, baby! Let's go! Let's vote! That's the problem. These are not serious people. They don't believe in the Constitution. They say they do. But they don't. That's the truth. I would ask you this. What is it about a Chris Christie or a Larry Hogan that would appeal to anyone? Nothing. Nobody cares about them. Nobody wants them. But the media propped them up. And in Chris Christie's case, you need a crane to prop that guy up. But you understand my point. Why in the world, when the debt is as bad as it is, Did 19 Republicans led by Mitch McConnell vote to add $1.9 trillion to the debt on so-called infrastructure that was almost all climate change? Why did they do that? Why did this so-called Republican leader do that? He didn't do anything. Where is the Mitch McConnell bill for securing the border? There isn't one. Why not? Where is it? Oh, there isn't one. Oh, okay. But don't worry. It's the future they want to look into. They're going to lead in the future. I got a lot more to say, but I just want to be very, very clear. We don't follow what the media say. We don't follow what the establishment say. We don't follow any of that. We have to think for ourselves. It's very, 
It's not complicated. There's a lot of static out there. We discern who the conservatives are, and they're the ones that typically might talk about something like, you know, freedom, individual liberty, private property rights, something like that. We don't need the great compromisers like McConnell because we always lose. Because Schumer's smarter than McConnell. Schumer's more aggressive than McConnell. Schumer is more strategic than McConnell. McConnell's there burping into his chest. How do you have a Republican leader who can't be a Republican leader? I've never seen anything like this in my life. For 15 years of this. Don't worry, I got the votes wrapped up here. Got wrapped up here. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, marriage. These subjects are a big part of political dialogue today. We talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. And my favorite college, Hillsdale College, is the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Today, you can join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So don't wait, folks. Watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation. It's a killer. And sign up for this new, completely free online course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Completely free online at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. ask you something. With all the things the Democrats are doing to the American people, critical race theory, this whole transitioning thing, I can go on and on and on. On and on and on. The idea that the Republicans in the Senate had no agenda is a disgusting disgrace. It, it offends you, I think, and me because it doesn't tell us what they're going to do. We have another party calling all of us fascists, insurrectionists, anti-democracy. Who's defending us? Who's speaking out? Who's having press conferences? And let me ask you a question. McConnell, George Bush, Hogan, Christie, whomever you want. You know the crowd. How many of them have called out? What's going on in this country for what it is? Has the National Review? Has the Wall Street Journal? Has the Washington Examiner? Have they called out these Marxists for what they're doing to the country? There's plenty of scholarship out there. Do they read? Do they know? I mean, they'll pop off an editorial here and there and that's it. Off they go. Back to the same. We're in trench warfare here. Trench warfare. Were there some bad candidates? Yeah, there were some dumbasses that ran. Don't get me wrong. But that always happens. I mean, I can remember Romney running for president. Perfect example. I've got more. 
if you can handle it. I think it's important. We make it abundantly clear that we are independent, that we are constitutional conservatives. Can you believe the House conservatives today, even my buddies, they rallied around a guy by the name of Biggs who opposed Convention of States, who blocked it in Arizona. That's the guy they rallied behind. He gets 31 votes. They have nobody else to rally around? That's their guy? Convention of States is really, in my humble opinion, the only thing that can fundamentally save the damn country. But the one guy in the Freedom Caucus who opposes Convention of States, that's the guy they rally around? That's the guy they hope will give them the leverage that they need? Are you kidding me? Jeez. Knuckleheads. We're surrounded by knuckleheads. There was never going to be a red wave. We're lucky we didn't get our asses kicked even worse. The other side is on the attack, on the attack, on the attack. They have a lot of very stupid voters who accept, you know, tomorrow we're not going to have a democracy. Listen to the crap coming out of Obama's mouth. But there's more next hour I want to get into. What do we do about it? Let me circle back to the beginning. I'm a constitutional conservative. I believe in individual liberty. Populism. What do you think Joe Biden thinks he's practicing? Populism. Josh Hawley says the answer to this is populism. Using government for the benefit of the middle class. Really, and who's going to do that? Which department? Which bureaucracy? Which public union? Do you have any faith in the American people, Josh? He's not alone, don't get me wrong. Then we have this guy, Biggs. He's the great savior now, who opposes Convention of States. Then we have McConnell, who's a complete laughingstock, to be quite frank with you about. And I can go down the whole damn list. Here's the point. You and me, we insist on constitutional conservatism and embracing capitalism, securing this border and law and order. That's it. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. We have one guy elected, I think his name is Stamos or something else, out of New York. He flipped a Democrat seat, and he's all over TV. And he said, I don't, I don't need to spend time on investigations. My dear friend Newt, I heard him say on TV today, 90-10, of the time on investigations. So all of a sudden, government corruption 
a rogue FBI, a rogue Department of Justice, chasing down parents, using SWAT teams, going after state legislatures, trying to impose abortion on demand on the state. I can go on and on and on. That's, listen, that's not our problem. Inflation is. And I'm sitting here, okay, what are you going to do about inflation? We need to look forward, ladies and gentlemen. I'm looking. What are you going to do? You're going to cut spending? How's Mitch McConnell going to cut spending when he participated in this massive debt increase? And you'll see the Wall Street Journal and others are going to defend it when it comes time to really, when the rubber really hits the road on increasing the debt. So you watch. You watch. The greatest outrageous in the recent years by the FBI and yeah, we, we, you know, we don't have 10%. We, we, we don't have a lot of time. So I said, the guy in New York, yeah, put him on the Agriculture Committee then, okay? They all want to be on these big... No, 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 I want to be on the uh, Ways and Means, the Tax Committee. No, 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 no. You focus on the price of food. Now here's the problem. The only thing we can do when it comes to inflation, Republicans in the House, and we don't have the Senate, is to put the brake on spending. Let's see how many of these guys and gals who say, I want to focus on the, the table issues, on, on gasoline prices, on inflation, on getting that under control. Let's see how many of them are prepared to play chicken with Biden and the Democrats. To keep the lid on the debt ceiling as much as possible. Let's see if they're smart enough to get any leverage on that. I'm telling you in advance. I always do. They're not going to vote that way. They're going to be a bipartisan group of Republicans. They're going to show the people want the government to work. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want the people to be free. The government works in communist China. The government works in a, well, you pick the place. Cuba. And I don't mean effectively. I mean, there's the government. It works. What we found out is more of power you centralize, the less effective it is. This is what the Josh Hawley thing, what are you talking about? The government needs to do this. The government, what, what, what are you, another mastermind? And who in the government's going to pull this stuff off? I mean, it's fundamentally, fundamentally, they don't understand. So, don't, don't go into these investigations. So, in other words, the Republicans can't walk and chew gum at the same time? Yes, I'm frustrated, but what's frustrating me most is that we're not rallying around what works. The reason people like DeSantis so much is not just because he focused on kitchen table issues, which he did. But he defended your liberty in Florida. He defended parental rights in Florida. He pushed back against wokeism in Florida. Larry Hogan didn't do any of this. As a matter of fact, you might recall, Larry Hogan took a shot at Ron DeSantis 
several times because Larry Hogan would do it differently. Meanwhile, Larry Hogan leaves a state behind that's a disaster. Nobody's flocking to Maryland. Nobody's flocking to New Jersey, Chris Christie. It's not happening. DeSantis. Even even when he's attacked, the guy's a gentleman. He knows how to deal with these things. This is why you like him. Cut one, go. Well, you know, one of the things I've learned, like learned in this job, is um, uh, when you're do when you're leading, when you're getting getting things done, yeah, you take incoming fire. That's just the nature of it. Uh, I roll out of bed in the morning. I've got corporate media outlets that have a spasm just the fact that I'm getting up in the morning, and it's constantly attacking. And this is just what's happened. I don't think any governor got attacked more, particularly by corporate media, than me over my four-year term. And yet, I think what you, what you learn is, all that's just noise. And really what matters is, are you leading? Are you getting in front of issues? Uh, are you delivering results for people? And are you standing up for folks? And if you do that, then none of that stuff matters. And, and that's what we've done. We focused on results and leadership. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I would just uh, tell people to go check out the scoreboard from last Tuesday night. Uh, the fact of the matter is, You know, the fact of the matter is we um, it, it was the the, the greatest uh, Republican victory in the history of the state of Florida. Because the man is true blue. He's principled in everything he does. He looks at the facts. He applies them to the situation. He embraces his values. And he's attacked by Hollywood, he's attacked by Disney, he's attacked by the media, but he just presses on. You can't possibly compare Ron DeSantis to Chris Christie or to Larry Hogan. You can't. Look at Arizona, as I said, disastrous voting system. You think Ron DeSantis would have allowed that to stand for 15 minutes, Mr. Producer? No. Do you think Ron DeSantis would run the Senate the way Mitch McConnell does? Not for a minute. Not for a minute. Now, you have the FBI, and I touched on this the other night. You have the FBI that's completely out of control. You had Christopher Wray up there today. And we Republicans saying, look, uh, you know, we got to focus on other things. No, focus on everything. That's your job to oversee the FBI. That's your job. That's your job to oversee the Department of Justice. It's your job to protect parents. It's your job to ensure that they're securing the border. It's your job to make sure there aren't spies that the FBI inserts into organizations or that they don't try to interfere in elections. That's your job. No, 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 10% on that one. We got a lot more to do. All right, so here we sit, and I'm waiting for Mitch McConnell to propose what he's going to do on the border, what kind of legislation he would have had his guys vote on, what kind of legislation he would impose or support 
that would reduce the federal government's size and spending. Mitch McConnell likes to take shots at everybody because he learned. Remember I read that piece to you the other day? Because he learned a long time ago. When you propose things, you're subject to criticism. You actually have to defend them. It's much easier to say, oh, that guy's an extremist. Oh, we need to pick better candidates. Oh, if only this happened. No, you're the Republican leader. And what do we have to show for it? All the worst things. In my humble opinion. Now, we're going to have on the program, literally in minutes, my buddy Craig Shirley, a top historian particularly the Reagan era, but of Republican politics too. I think he fancies himself a populist of of sorts, but that doesn't matter. I want him to describe to us the battles that Reagan had to fight. Fight against these people with the same mindset in order to become one of the greatest presidents in American history and to win two landslides. I remember when I was a young guy fighting for Reagan in 76, in my township, in my precinct, and the Republicans kept coming up to, Reagan can't win here. Reagan can't win in Pennsylvania. He's too extreme. He might be able, he might be a Hollywood actor, but he can't get elected here in Pennsylvania. Two massive landslides, including Pennsylvania. Same people out there right now. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. There's literally no reason to pay Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile over $80 a month for wireless when you can get the same service on the same network at Pure Talk for half the price. Yep, talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Those other guys are making you pay for thousands of retail stores you don't go into, perks you don't use, and massive profits to keep their shareholders happy. You know who Pure Talk wants to keep happy? Their customer, you. That's why they've invested in a U.S.-based customer service team. It's why they give you more data options than unlimited, because they won't charge you for data you don't need. I switched to Pure Talk because I like supporting a company owned by a U.S. veteran. I like supporting a company who supports me and my values, and I invite you to switch to pure talk too they're my guys switch to pure talk in less than 10 minutes go to puretalk.com and our promo code levin podcast that's l-e-v-i-n podcast to save 50 percent off your first month again puretalk.com and enter promo code levin podcast craig shirley how are you my friend hi mark how are you i'm not great i'm uh fighting COVID here, and I'm furious with, uh, you know, I actually think uh, there wasn't going to be a red wave. I told Mr. Producer that, you know, off the air some time ago, and uh, the numbers just didn't add up in the Senate and so forth, and all these people who promoted it are now telling us why it didn't happen. Yeah, right. (laughs) The same clowns who a week ago were were saying, yeah, it's going to be a red tidal wave, or now saying, Oh, we knew all along. <laughs> you know who they are, the guy with the whiteboards, the guy that never shut the hell up, and they're out there, and the politicians yeah. who, who live in yeah, Washington and never, never touch the will of the people, those people. Yeah, the people who never go outside the Beltway. Let me ask you something. You know, we talk about populism. Reagan was not a populist like Hawley is, where he has an arms-long list of subsidies and programs that we ought to create for the middle class. Reagan spoke for we the people all the time, but he talked about 
how he creates more freedom, more opportunity, tax cuts, reduced regulations, things of that sort. He, in other words, he, he stuck with the conservative tried and true principles. He wasn't coming up with a liberal laundry list of ideas. Am I right? No, you're absolutely right. You know, what's interesting, I have, uh, because of the type of person I am, I guess, I have actually gone through Reagan's speeches from 1976 and 1980 and his presidency and his post-presidency. And one thing that strikes me is how many times he uses the word individual or individuality. Is that he doesn't talk about the group. He doesn't talk about the group catering uh, to, to serve other, some other purpose. He talks about the individual. He talks about the rights and the privacy and the dignity of the individual. The, this is, he was um, very much invested in this philosophy, which was a combination of kind of uh, American conservatism with a dash of libertarianism. He often said that libertarianism was the basis for American conservatism, uh, with, the, with, the, with, the dose of, with a large dose of common sense. You know, he used that phrase often in, in his, all, his speeches as well. By the way, you should know, even though we knew it, uh, the media are now officially announcing the Republicans took the House. But uh, I think well, we kind of knew that. And, yeah. and here's the thing. Here, here's what bothers me. Tell me where I'm wrong, seriously. I'm Mitch McConnell, or who am I written? And, I, and I, this abortion issue, we have to have an answer to this, right, Craig? Yes. We have an answer to this. Let's push a vote, whether it's amendment or a flat vote. You're in the minority. You can still do it somehow. And force the Democrats to vote on partial birth abortion and infanticide and parental choice and parental uh, knowledge. Because the Democrats oppose it. Yes. In other everybody words. Everybody opposes what? Two percent of the American people. Exactly. Favor? Yeah. Right. But right, that's what know. they voted for. So make them go on the record. Uh, you know, exactly, specifically. Exactly. And there is your there's your way you fight them. On that yes, issue, by, by testing them on issue after issue after issue, you know, in 1980, you remember because you were there, I was there in 1980. Bob Dole did something rather brilliant. He was in the minority in the Senate, but in the summer and fall of 1980, in order to set up to frame up the agenda for the 1980 campaign, he introduced bill after bill after bill in the Senate to force the Democrats to cast no votes on military spending. Uh, on various social issues, on various, on all, all sorts of issues that you can imagine, you know, uh, uh, you know, silent prayer in school, things like that, and to force the Democrats onto the defensive and force them to vote against what the will of the American, he knew what he was doing, against yeah. the will of the American people, and this helped uh, polarize the election go going into the fall with Reagan versus Carter. Do you see any of that going on now? Strategic thinking? Yeah. No, not of course. No. They, they, here's what they do. Uh, I know because m my son is uh, dating a girl who's, uh, who works on Capitol Hill. They spend their times. Uh, the, the whole office is geared to two things, fundraising and promotion. So they spend all their time putting people on putting people on TV, putting people on radio, doing dialing up their Facebook page. They do, do they do nothing on legislation. It's all about the the, the promotion of the individual and and the financial uh, you know advantages of the individual of of the individual congressman. There's nothing on legislation. There's nothing on issues. No, boy, I remember the old days. You know when mm. we used to we used to go after the Democrats on wasteful spending. When was the last time you saw a good article 
from the from the Republican side on wasteful government spending or or even you know shrinking government far less. How can you have a leader so called of the Republican Party in the Senate, McConnell, who can't go to Republican events and campaign because he's that unpopular? I don't. Uh, the disconnect between Washington and the people is enormous, is it not? Enormous, enormous, enormous. That's that's why I say again. I wish. It, it was you had said that conservatives had t- taken control of the House, not Republicans. Because, right. because you know what, it's going to be the same old insider wheeling and dealing. You know, excessive spending. You know, reasons why they can't do this, why they can't do that. You know, all sorts of marquee, and we'll never get. You know, they will simply slow the advance of socialism, but they won't stop it or turn it back. They'll, they'll just be actually they're. They're worse than the than the liberals because the liberals are honest. Yes, we want socialism. These guys are saying no, we don't uh, so don't want socialism. Then they enable it. Well, speaking of that, since when is Chris Christie the voice of like anti-Trumpism or Larry Hogan or or this guy Asa Hutchison? And one of these Gerald Ford wannabes. I mean, where where would they take the party, Craig Shirley? They would take the party toward the establishment. Is that it would be it would be you know me tooism, you know this fight has been going on inside the Republican Party since uh, Taft uh, since Taft and uh, uh, and, and uh, Eisenhower uh, and Nixon and, and uh, Lodge, uh, Goldwater and uh, Rockefeller, Reagan and Ford. It's been going on unfortunately for too long. And the, the irony is is that the moderates always lose. And the conservatives always win. And why, why this can't be pointed out to some, some people we think are otherwise intelligent people, I don't know. You know, like at the Republican National Committee. If, 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 uh, if Romney uh, was standing on principle, she would, she would offer her resignation. Mm-hmm. I think Lee Zeldin would do great there, actually. But, yep. you know, he's, he's tied to MAGA. And by the way, I'm, not, I'm a constitutional conservative. That's what I am. I support Trump and will continue to support him if he does the right thing. DeSantis, who I'm dear friends with, I will support him. But I want to get into this a little bit more with you, too, uh, Craig Shirley. We'll be right back. There's literally no reason to pay Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile over $80 a month for wireless when you can get the same service on the same network at Pure Talk for half the price. Yep, talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Those other guys are making you pay for thousands of retail stores you don't go into, perks you don't use, and massive profits to keep their shareholders happy. You know who Pure Talk wants to keep happy? Their customer, you. That's why they've invested in a U.S.-based customer service team. It's why they give you more data options than unlimited, because they won't charge you for data you don't need. I switched to Pure Talk because I like supporting a company owned by a U.S. veteran. I like supporting a company who supports me and my values. And I invite you to switch to Pure Talk, too. They're my guys. Switch to Pure Talk in less than 10 minutes. Go to puretalk.com and our promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Mark Levin, radio's hell-raising intellectual. Call now, 877-381-3811. We're here with a great historian, Craig Shirley. He's written many books. I have them all on my shelf, Mr. Shirley. One lined up next to the other. 
and one of them April 1945, The Hinge of History. Um, Let's continue here. So if I were to ask you, what does the Republican Party in Washington, D.C. stand for? What does Chris Christie stand for? What does Larry Hogan stand for? What would you answer? I would say the, the, the first rule of the bureaucracy is to defend the bureaucracy. They are status quo. They don't want things changed. They don't. They are not agents of change. They they would they would be they're, they're moderate Republicans. They're milk toast Republicans. They're me too Republicans, uh, but they're not agents of change. They're, they're not revolutionaries. Ronald Reagan was. You know, people get Reagan wrong. He was not a, a reactionary. He was a revolutionary. He tested a lot of new conservative ideas. You know, like SDI and tax cuts and things like that. You know, in 82, I think he was, 81, he was at uh, CPAC and he was asked about the tax cuts. And and this is revolutionary thinking. When he, when, uh, he was asked about the tax cuts, and he said, yeah, they're about stimulating the economy and this and that, but they're really about restoring the pro- restoring uh, power to the American people. He understood mm-hmm. that, that there's only a certain amount of power in the universe, and power can neither be destroyed nor created. It can only be moved around. And Jimmy Carter and uh, the Democrats and liberals before him had been moving power steadily away from the American people to the Washington bureaucracy. Reagan was the first president in many a year to take power and move it back to the citizenry from the national government. You know, uh, he grew the, the private economy five times greater. Uh, the, the, the national, con- the, the Washington economy, the, wa- the bureaucratic economy didn't grow at all during his eight years, but he grew the national economy by by fivefold. So, if you do that, you dilute the power of the national government by increasing the power of the private gov- the private citizenry. So that's what his genius was. That's what he was. That was one of the things that he was aiming for was to restore the rights and dignity, uh, dignity and privacy to the American people. Now you probably know this better than anybody. You really do have a uh, sort of a Rain Man mind on this stuff. Um, <laughs> Thank you. You know, you know, you have uh, this, and I can I'll keep returning to it since he wants to be the mega leader here. Um, McConnell supported Ford in 76, as you know, worked in his administration at one point. And in 1980, we found, I think thanks to the great Vigory through uh, uh, another friend of mine. And um, in 1980, he said Reagan was third or fourth tier to him. Now, by 1980, yeah, yeah, but by 1980, if you're a conservative, you were for Reagan. There was really... That was it. That was it. And he had primary opponents... But but they he he crushed them pretty easily. So I mean, I'm trying to figure out how this guy continues to be the leader of the Republican, and it's got to be all inside Washington fundraising. It's inside special Washington, it's the establishment, yeah. it's the view, the establishment. That's what it is. But he's missed every single one. Reagan, he hated the Tea Party, hated it. Which and he had and he had the great in the, the Wall Street Journal editorial page was either. always supporting him and attacking them. Then he hated Trump and he hates MAGA and he'll hate DeSantis when the time comes. It's just the nature of the beast, no? Yes. Yes. He's he's your typical run of the mill establish, establishmentarianism. Uh, it, it is uh, insider. It's the status quo. It's anything he perceives is an attack on the status quo must be uh, opposed or, or, 
or, or destroyed. He is not for anything that, that, that grants power to the American people. You, you know, even though uh, the Senate is, is one vote, they're not going to propose anything that's going to be embarrassing or, or move the ball uh, against the liberal Democrats. So there's going to be a lot of compromise and a lot of bending over and a lot of voting for, for liberal uh, policies. But there won't be any, any change that come from them. Change scares them. We've had very radical change on the left. They have almost no uh, majority in the House. They had no, ma- no majority in the Senate but for the vice president. And they rammed through stuff left and right. Yep. Very, very bad things for the country. And... Uh, Look, Let me just get this out evidence. real fast. Look at the yep. evidence. Yep. Whether, whether you're talking about Ukraine, which, by the way, is that... But, but, but hold on. I, I want to get this out first because it's an important point. And so when we take the House as, as small as it is, yes. the other side's celebrating. And we and on the Senate side, the guy that that's supposed to be in charge of the legislative agenda and all the rest of it, he blames Trump. Like he used to blame the Tea Party. Of course, naturally. I don't know yeah. how we're ever going to really unite and be able to defeat these people with numbskulls like this. But, but this election is, is the proof. Is the proof is in the pudding? Is that was there? This is not. This was not a bumper sticker campaign. There was no galvanizing set of issues saying that. Not just what we're against. We're against the Democrats. Okay, fine. We're against the Democrats. We know that. But what are you for? What are you for to help the American people? What are you for to eliminate uh, inflation? What are you for to eliminate high gas prices? What are you for to eliminate high grocery prices? What are you for to move the ball down the field and help the American people, which is what you're there for anyway? You're supposed to be there to help the American people, not to, not to you know, bicker with each other, not to, to, to cut deals with each other, but, but to help the American people. They never did that in this election. They never uh, put out a set of principles, or they put out never they got any sunlight. They, uh, it was it was all just attack, 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 and that's just not you. You can't beat something with nothing. I I understand, but it, the something you beat something with has got to be intelligent. I want to thank you, uh, Craig Shirley. If somebody wants to find out more about you, where do they go? Uh, CraigShirley.com or ShirleyAnnMcVictor.com. My uh, partner, my partner, my website, ShirleyAnnMcVictor.com. All right, brother. You take care of yourself. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mark. All right. He's a good man. Christopher Ray at a hearing today. I don't know why it's so hard to find a good FBI director, but it is. Now, we know from a fact that the FBI had informants on January 6th, we know for a fact that he put informants in two organizations. And so he's at a hearing today, and Clay Higgins, Congressman Clay Higgins, is trying to press him on this, and it's really grotesque. Cut eight, go. Did the FBI have confidential human sources embedded within the January 6th protesters on January 6th of 2021? Well, Congressman, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I have to be very careful about what I can say about when. Even now, because that's what you told us two years ago. May I finish? Uh, About when. Finish what, pal? You never have anything to say, you schmo. You jerk. This guy thinks he's better than the entire Congress. Go ahead. 
have not used confidential human sources. Uh, but to the extent that there's a suggestion, for example, that the FBI's confidential human sources or FBI employees in some way instigated or orchestrated January 6th, that's categorically false. Now, did see how he did that? He didn't say that. So what Ray is able to do there is say, we didn't instigate anything. He asked you if you had any plants, anybody embedded at January 6th, and you wouldn't answer that. He should be held in contempt when the Republicans take over. Go ahead. Sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being open. Again, I had to be very careful. It should be a no. Can you not tell the American people? No, we did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters position inside the Capitol. Gentlemen's time has expired. You should not read anything into my... Decision uh, not to share information. Gentlemen's time has expired. It's by January 6th, Christopher Ray, almost two years ago, 2021. What are you hiding? This isn't about sources and techniques. What are you hiding? And then we go back to this New York Times piece. It looks like they had about a score or at least a dozen or more informants involved in January 6th in one form or another. And with all the talk about January 6th, all the hearings about January 6th, all the investigations about January 6th, don't we, the damn people, have a right to know what the hell the FBI was doing that day? Before you throw a former president in federal prison, don't we have a right to know? Apparently not. Snarky. Snarky, condescending BS. This jerk doesn't understand. You work for us, pal. It's very restrictive information, except what they leak. No, no, you don't understand. We don't want to reveal what sort... No, you don't want to reveal what you did. Now, let me tell you something. If I'm a lawyer for one of these people, and I'll say if I'm a lawyer for Trump, I would demand a full-blown trial, and I would drag his ass in as a witness, Ray, to provide information on what the FBI did and did not do, and who was there and who wasn't there. You know, as an old justice guy, A lot of the reasons in these intelligence cases, when we have spies, the reason the government has to settle and not go to, uh, you know, to execute the spy and so forth is because you have to present your evidence and you have to present it in open court. You don't get to do all the secret stuff. That's because our framers were geniuses. You don't have secret courts. When you're trying people, at least you're not supposed to at the federal level. And so it was always, well, we can't reveal this secret. You know, we can't reveal that one. All right, let's cut a deal. That sort of thing. But if they dare to bring charges against Trump or somebody in his inner circle of this sort, they should demand a full-scale public trial. Full scale. 
and use that as an opportunity to get to the bottom of things as well. No deals. Full scale. Because now we know there were informants there. The question is how many, who were they? And what's that guy's name again, Mr. Producer? He was running around waving people in. Ray Epps. Ray Epps. Ray Epps needs to be deposed. Under oath, of course. Ray Epps needs to be a witness. I should say. Ray Epps needs to be a witness. And get to the bottom of a few of these things. I would bring in Nancy Pelosi too. I would figure out ways, smart lawyer, to make their testimony all relevant. Maybe even Dizzy Lizzie Cheney, you never know. It's a harder stretch, but what the hell? We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. There's literally no reason to pay Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile over $80 a month for wireless when you can get the same service on the same network at Pure Talk for half the price. Yep, talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Those other guys are making you pay for thousands of retail stores you don't go into, perks you don't use, and massive profits to keep their shareholders happy. You know who Pure Talk wants to keep happy? Their customer, you. That's why they've invested in a U.S.-based customer service team. It's why they give you more data options than unlimited, because they won't charge you for data you don't need. I switched to Pure Talk because I like supporting a company owned by a U.S. veteran. I like supporting a company who supports me and my values. And I invite you to switch to Pure Talk, too. They're my guys. Switch to Pure Talk in less than 10 minutes. Go to puretalk.com and our promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com and in our promo code Levin Podcast. Remember Martha McSally? She was a senator from Arizona. She was appointed by Governor Ducey at the request of Mitch McConnell. Even though she had lost in her race. She had lost in her race to, I think it was cinema. And then um, she ran again against Kelly. I may have it reversed. Anyway, she ran twice and she lost twice. She was McConnell's candidate. In Arizona. What I'm trying to tell you, all this talk, Mitch McConnell goes up there, the independents voted against us because we were too angry and we were too this. Mitch McConnell's candidates lose all the time. I haven't kept track of all of them. But all the time they lose. And so the idea that if we only had had Mitch McConnell candidates in these various races in New Hampshire, and other places that we would have, is a lie. So he's going to ram through this vote. They're going to march behind him pretty much and vote for him. Even this Loomis from Wyoming, she says, we ought to delay the vote. Okay, great, but I'm still going to vote for him. Okay, then why bother? Why bother? Oh, boy. So Dianne Feinstein, my God, Dianne Feinstein, I believe, 
was supposed is in line to be the president pro tem of the Senate. That means she's the longest serving. And a reporter goes up to her. This is on Mediaite, which has like one or two good guys. The rest of them are a bunch of uh, rat finks. Um, well, I have, he's, he's asked, are you, are you thinking about becoming the president of the Senate? That's the pro tem. Obviously, the vice president's the permanent president, but nonetheless. Well, I haven't thought about it, but I'll let you know when I do, she says. I just got back. I had a lot of issues. An aide walking with the senator quickly interjected, telling Insider that Feinstein had told a reporter in the past that she's not thought about it and has no intention of seeking the position. That's what you've told reporters, the aide told Feinstein. I don't know what you're saying, responded Feinstein. This is about Senate pro tem position, her aide says. Well, I haven't said anything about it that I know of. Oh, my God. Isn't it time to have a little bit more youth, like people in their 70s? Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. In this economy, we all need as much help as we can get. If you own a business, you're looking for ways to survive. Innovation refunds can help. Small business owners, please listen up. You could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. Now, this isn't a loan. There's no payback. It's a refund of your taxes. Go to GetRefunds.com. Their tax attorneys are highly trained in this little-known payroll tax refund program and have already returned $1 billion to businesses, and they can help you, too. Go to GetRefunds.com. They do all the work with no charge up front. They simply charge a percentage of the cash that they get for you. Go to GetRefunds.com. Click on Qualify Me and answer a few questions. It's that simple. Now, this payroll tax refund is only available for a very limited amount of time. So check it out right away. GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I put a lot on the table tonight, so we are going to take some calls in a bit. I want to tell some of my young friends in the media, uh, no, we're not going to have World War III right now. And no, Article 5 under the NATO agreement is not going to be triggered. Read it. The missile that landed in Poland and killed two Pole citizens, as much as I despise Putin and what he's doing, it's obviously a misshot. It's a misfire. Because he hit nothing, basically. I mean, he killed two people, but it didn't hit anything, any significance. It went slightly over the border because he was missile happy today, Putin was, firing them off left and right. I think he fired 90 of them. So you're hearing people say World War Three. it's not going to happen. That's number one. Number two, um, Greg Abbott has declared a, an, an invasion in Texas. When I was at Convention of States, a number of wonderful, wonderful people, patriots, came up to me and said, why doesn't he just... What is it? Just assert there's an invasion under the Constitution and send the National Guard there. Well, let's play that out a minute. And I have no problem doing it. But is that going to fix the problem? Why won't it fix the problem? Any really sharp constitutionalists out there? Let's say a governor sends the National Guard into a school. And the governor says, I'm going to block the doorway So little black kids can't go to school with little white kids. It's a different issue, but I'm talking about the Constitution. What did the Kennedy administration do when that occurred, Mr. Producer? Uh, What did the Eisenhower administration do first when that occurred? They nationalized the National Guard. They federalized it. And then the National Guard became part of the federal government, the federal military. So if we send National Guardsmen, National Guardsmen, to the border to secure it, and I'm not against trying everything. Please don't get me wrong. In the end, what can happen is that Biden, or one of his flunkies, but Biden will direct that the National Guard is federalized, and then the National Guard will be removed. That is my concern. So um, we shall see. In other words, I'm not into the antics. I just want to get things done. Secure the damn border. Republicans have got to step up to the plate on this. National Republicans have got to step up on the plate on this. What's the Mitch McConnell proposal out of this? There is none. There are no proposals. None. Craig Shirley and I, when we were talking, we talked about, and he mentioned how Bob Dole, Bob Dole was the, really a legislative genius. And he was the one that forced the Democrats to vote time and time and time again against things that were popular, but they opposed as a party. And it helped lay the foundation for the 1980 landslide that Reagan had. McConnell's not doing that. On abortion, what they should have done is fought for, put as an amendment to some bill, um, opposition to partial birth infanticide. And insisting on parental notification. The Democrats have opposed this. 
And then our candidates run around the country who are running for the Senate say that they support partial birth abortion and infanticide, which is a Roe v. Wade. They didn't. They didn't have they didn't have that issue that they could run on. That's what they should have done. Because that's what the Democrats support. And if you're the Republican leader, what you do is you huddle with the Republicans in your group and you say, okay, what, what's our answer on inflation? What kind of legislation would we put in place? What's our legislation on the border? What's our legislation to deal with the teachers' unions and to defend the parents? How do we want to set ourselves up to deal with the FBI? What it, he doesn't do any of this. How do I know? Because members tell me he doesn't do any of this. None of it. Why not? And then he's defended. Oh, look, uh, he, he supported this candidate and that candidate, and look at all the money he spent. And... That's Washington think. I want to read something to you. This should draw your attention, too. And then we'll take some calls. Red State. In horrific move, Iran's parliament votes to execute 15,000 protesters to teach hard lessons. This started with the brutal murder of a teenage girl who wasn't wearing her headscarf properly. They beat her to death. And so other young teenage girls and then other women and then joined by men, young people, rose up. And they've been doing this for several months now, and they're being slaughtered. And it's getting no attention in our media. None. None. Every night this is going on. The people are trying to overthrow that government. And they're up against a horrendous, vile theocracy. And so over at Red State, we've reported, writes Susie Moore, on the ongoing protests in Iran following the death of, I'm sorry, 22-year-old Masha Amini, reportedly from being beaten while in custody following her arrest for unsuitable attire. Late in October, the Biden administration announced it was levying sanctions against 14 Iranian officials in response to the government's crackdown. Apparently unfazed by this, the Iranian parliament has elected to crack down even harder voting last Tuesday to execute the 15,000 protesters who've been arrested. The vote was 227 to 63, 227 to 63 to execute the press protesters. Now these were peaceful protesters simply seeking the right to justice. As Kasim Rashad, Rashid I should say, a lawyer posted, Unacceptable and barbaric. Per Newsweek, Iranian lawmakers have in recent days called for strict punishments for the protesters who've been arrested. On Monday, CNN reported a letter signed by 227 members of the Iranian parliament urged that the protesters be given harsh punishment that would serve as a good lesson in the shortest possible time. The parliament voted to impose the death penalty on all of the 15,000 protesters as a hard lesson for all rebels, they call them. Their preferred method of dealing with the people who have caused disturbances has understandably sparked outrage 
following the letter calling for a harsh punishment to serve as a good lesson. Journalist Amid Mamarian called on the world to respond. He said after killing hundreds of protesters on the streets in a violent crackdown, 227 MPs in Iran called for the protesters to receive death sentences. Iranian journalist and activist, if you're an activist in Iran, you truly are a brave person. If you're an activist in America, you're typically on the dole. Iranian journalist and activist Mashid Alajad called the world to stop this act of terror. On Monday, a Revolutionary Guard court in Tehran issued the first death sentence to a protester per the BBC. Is this boring, everybody? Well, it ought not be. According to Iran, has issued the first death sentence to a person arrested for taking part in the protests have engulfed the country, state media say. The Revolutionary Court found the defendant, who was not named, had set fire to a government facility, was guilty of enmity against God. Gee whiz. You know how many buildings went on fire as a result of the 2020 riots, Mr. Producer? Another court jailed five people for between five and ten years. But what they're doing is they're putting them in jail and then they're executing them in many cases. And uh, we put out a statement and that's about it. The unrest continues. It's really grotesque what's going on over there. And, you know, Trump had it right. He had his foot on their throat. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right, let's take some calls here. Let's go to Wayne, Washington, D.C., the great WMAL. Wayne, how are you? Hey, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm, you got I'm, it. I'm humbled to be in the presence of the great one. Um, Rich, I can't hear that very well. I got, yeah. I got in the car today, right as, as you were talking about uh, Christopher Ray in his testimony. Yeah. And you were saying something about that, you know, he really didn't say anything. George Carlin, while he was still alive, let me turn the hockey game off, um, was talking to the National Press Club. Yeah, lower whatever you have there. It's distracting. Yeah. And he said that he likes listening to people talk. And he likes listening to Washington talk because they take great care not to say anything. Mm -hmm. So in lieu of the recent election, we've had... Republican congressmen and senators, you know, lamenting, oh, we need to do a better job. Oh, we weren't ready for the attack ads. We weren't ready for this, but we'll do a better job next time around. No, you won't. Why would you? Same thing Mm -hmm. with Mitch McConnell. Why would he do anything? Why would he take a chance at losing his cushy position? And the reason I say that is because these people are taken care of for life for a job mm-hmm. that they volunteered for. Mm-hmm. And they get their health care from us. They get Secret Service protection from us. And it's like people, well, how do we fix it? And somehow it's, they get very, very wealthy. Have you noticed? It, it, this is true. It, it, but I said, guys, the fix is simple. And In fact, has nothing. anybody ever left the Senate poor? 
Uh, not that I, not that I'm aware of, but not that I'm aware of. I said I can't do anything about this because I live in D.C. We don't have a senator, we don't have a congressman, and I don't mm, care. Thank God but for the that. The thing is, you folks that live in states need to start a petition, get thirty thousand at the no, minimum. No, 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 no. That's a waste of time. No offense to get a petition. Nobody cares if we get a petition. We had a whole movement, the Tea Party movement. We had tens of thousands of people showing up at rallies, showing up at the Capitol building. And McConnell hated our guts, just as Boehner hated our guts. We gave them 63 new members of the House. They still hated our guts. Uh, They hate our guts today. This is the problem. They have to be removed. The Democrat Party does not put people in leadership positions that hate their base. McConnell has fought us for decades with the support of the Wall Street Journal and National Review and other publications and people like that. He has fought us for decades and he's made excuses for decades. And so handing him a petition or somebody a petition at this point is not a useful uh, time uh, as far as I'm concerned. I do think the first hour of my program, if people need to go back and listen, I do think they need to understand that we're not lining up behind them. And that I'm right here, put the marker down, right now, put the marker down on this program, and I've made it abundantly clear. There are millions of us in this audience, millions of us. And if you think that you're going to take back our government with the kind of uh, bureaucratic rhinoism that you hear from the, from the ranks coming out there in the media, from their surrogates, from their think tanks and all the rest, they're going to have to deal with us. And by that I mean not just primaries. If we lose primaries, we're going to sit out. That's it. These people have to go. And by us constantly lining up as soldiers and getting behind them, and they hate our guts, there's too much. It's too... It's too uh, It's unhinged, the relationship we have with the Republican establishment. It's insane. And they have no intention of buckling. None. So so we just are not going to help them in the days and the weeks and the years ahead. I'm not going to do it. But I want to thank you for your call, Wayne. We're well beyond petitions here, in my humble opinion. Wayne's very articulate. Don't get me wrong. Let's go to Paul, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where Senator Thune got 71% of the vote. And why? I don't have the foggiest idea. That guy is an empty suit. How are you? I am very well, Mr. Levin. It's an honor. Check off the bucket list today for me. Well, you're kind. Um, Thank you. I I heard you starting from the first hour. I've been listening since. And I've heard that name come up, Mitch, many times throughout your, your monologues and so here today. And I want to tell you that being in a great state like South Dakota, I did vote against all three of our incumbents, you know, that we had up this year. Unfortunately, the challengers lost. You know, what are you going to do? You have to vote for them. However, I called and left messages for both senators last week, Thursday, sent them an email both last week, Thursday, called this morning after I heard that Rick Scott is challenging Mitch and said, you're probably not going to listen. You probably don't care. However, I'm telling you as a voter, constituent, Mitch McConnell's time has come and gone. There is a time when a certain man or woman, Nikki Haley, needs to stand up 
and, and is there for the time. And I think this time needs somebody other than Mitch McConnell, definitely. He is, as you say, like you said about Senator Thune, an empty suit. I think Senator Thune's a good man. However, he has been in Washington too long. He doesn't long. do anything. He doesn't I, make I, the case. He doesn't. He's not the point of the spear. He's in leadership. He barely even speaks I mean, with any emotion or any passion. He doesn't even put... Put arguments together well. I, I mean, he just he's just a lapdog. That's all he is. Yeah, we, and that's it. for this time, we need fighters. And I've said on our local program, I call it all the time, and I say we need fighters here and now. We do not need the establishment. We don't need go-along to get-along, which we have three of those. They talk They talk on our local stations. But yeah, I didn't... Tom, you had uh, Tom Daschle. Uh he didn't just sit on his butt and do nothing. You had George McGovern. He didn't just sit on his butt and do nothing. What the hell has Thune done? Nothing. Really, literally, either of your senators. What have they done? I think you have a great governor, by the way. But All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. Time to slip another one in, Mr. Producer. Mary, Silver Spring, Maryland, the great WMAL. How are you, Mary? Mary? Sal, Cooperstown, New York, XM Satellite. How are you? Thank you, Mark. I look forward to the day, and I hope I'm alive. When you take the $14 million, I'll be in that line following you to wherever it goes. And I'm glad you just said what you said a few moments ago, because back I did not vote for McCain. I did not vote for Romney because the establishment wanted McCain. I wanted Giuliani in those years. And I just felt at that moment, you know, they got what they wanted. And coming up in 24, I feel like the McConnells, the the Christie's of the world, they don't care about losing the 24 election so long as they don't have Trump on the mantle. That's going to be their fight for two years. I'm I'm trying to figure out what they've done to advance the cause of conservatism in the Republican Party. Any of them. I really am. And to help fight these American Marxist movements. Nothing. I'll be right back. The Mark Levin Show. The pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now. 877-381-3811. All right. You know, this, this COVID's a bitch, Mr. Producer. Just so you know. I don't mean to cuss, but here we are. Let's keep going. Let's go to Alex, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Yes, Alex, go right ahead. Hey, good evening, Mark. Good evening. Thanks so much for taking the call. Um, first bet. of all, about Trump announcing tonight whether he's going to run or not, I'm, I'm very conflicted about it because he was a great president, but I just feel like there's too much hate in the Democratic Party against President Trump. There's a lot of people who agree with you. There's oh. a lot of people who agree with you. In other words, he turns out their side, and they're nuts. Right? But, uh, the second thing I wanted to say about this... What do you mean turns on that on their side? I, I, he turns I, the left out. The left is crazy. Yeah, he has he has the personality, and they're able to, you know, dramatize everything that Trump says, and you know, exaggerate his words in the media, and they they, they play around with his words, and he got, he's got a lot of words that you can play around with. But I also wanted to be, say about the Senate hmm. that I don't see how we can get Rick Scott elected as a leader because the majority of our Republican senators are rhinos. Mm-hmm. And so we as conservatives 
Um, we're not going to vote for them in their primaries anyhow. So I don't see why they should be afraid of us. Not you know, tell, if we tell them we're not going to vote for them, if they don't vote. All right, let's slow down a second. Why should Rick Scott run, even though he knows he doesn't have the votes? Um, I, I, he may be trying. Maybe he believes he can. How, how old? I, how old are you? The votes. How old are you? Twenty-one. Twenty-one. You can't. You don't necessarily win the first time. Took Reagan three times to become the Republican nominee for president. Are you aware of that? Okay. Yeah. I heard of that. It took Churchill a few times to become prime minister. In other words, you say, we're not going to win this time. We're not. But you got to show courage. Somebody does, and there have to be enough votes to show courage that there is the possibility of building up to the point where, in fact, one day he will be removed. And hopefully not, you know, by his own health, but by, but by the the political change, the the political environment. So these battles don't come easy. In fact, freedom doesn't come easy. And so, you don't just surrender because today, a static look tells you we know the numbers. Well, tomorrow you might, or the day after you might. And so if Rick Scott is running, which he is, which I think is very courageous of him, and we'll see who votes with him. I don't even know if it's public or not. Uh, I think they do everything in secret in the Senate side. But whatever they do, uh, kudos to him. Nobody expects him to win because they're rushing this as fast as they possibly can. We know Shabaka in Alaska, if she were to win, she would definitely vote against McConnell. McConnell has done this over and over again. The average time between the election and the vote for the, for the leadership in the Senate is eight days. Prior to McConnell, in the 1980s and so forth, it was almost a month. And so this is how they do it. So you can't just surrender to that. What I'm saying is we have to have leverage. We have to have a threat. You know, inside Washington, they get, we need leverage. We're going to, we need that. Well, we have the ultimate leverage. We the people, the base, conservatives, those of us who are constitutional conservatives. So we need to start looking at this in a more effective way. That's all. I don't have all the answers yet. Things have not broken out. Things have not presented themselves. Two years is a long time. But I'm saying and I'm announcing to them, you can't necessarily count on us unless you demonstrate to us that you're us. That you're part of us, that you represent us. Period. No, but you know, I wouldn't. I'm not going to be voting for these rhino senators, anyways, in the primary. I've had enough of them, and so. I've but a lot of us voted Republican, and I certainly did, because we needed to stop the Marxists. Uh, and what I'm saying about putting the primary aside, uh, but if they're not going to stop them, and they're going to partner with them or be bipartisan with them, that's a different story. Call again, Alex. Mm -hmm. Very, very good call, my friend. I appreciate it. Young guy, that's good. We don't need to talk about Sandy Berger and the obvious Mr. Call Screener. I'm so worn out about that story. I, I don't know. Let's go to Ivan, our buddy Ivan in Miramar Beach, Florida. Mark Levinap, how are you, Ivan? Um, Mark, I'm doing fine. Mark, I just get frustrated, and I know I, I asked you about this before. Um, about the fraud and everything in the elections. It seems like every two years 
we wait for the Democrat machine to keep counting until the Democrats... Let's slow down uh, a second, Ivan. I want the people to understand something. There may well be fraud, but that allegation's really not being made. The fraud is the institutionalization of what they're doing. Now, what are they doing? Why is Lauren Boebert still fighting for her political life in the Western District of Colorado? The polls have closed. Is it because of fraudulent votes? No. It's because of a system that they've instituted that institutionalizes what we used to call fraud. Now, what do I mean by that? After the election, people can cure their vote. So what happens is people are contacted. They're told, you didn't sign the envelope, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. So they can go back and fix it. Who's ever heard of anything so stupid? Now, why is that in place? Is it because of Republican voters who vote by mail and drop out? No. For the most part, it's Democrat voters. So they can cure because they don't show up on Election Day. What's going on in Nevada? How is it that Laxalt has that lead and she beats him, the leftist Democrat, by almost exactly the number of votes that they need. Is it because of machines? No. It's because they have legalized voter harvesting. Now, what does that mean? On the Republican side and the Democrat side, they have this down to such a science that they can tell what precincts in what parts of what town haven't voted enough, quote-unquote. So they know what kind of vote they need to get out. Okay, but if we vote on election day and only on election day, most of us, who is it that voter harvesting helps, Ivan? The Democrats. So the weekend, listen, this is important. So the weekend before the election, what do they do? They know where they need to get their votes. They send out their thugs. And in the case of Nevada, it really was that. It was, it was in, the, in apartment buildings in Las Vegas. They sent the, the uh, unions out, you know, the, the unions that deal with the casinos and all the rest of it, to knock on the door, to collect the ballots, voter harvesting, and they get them into the system. It was massive over the weekend in Las Vegas, in Nevada. And so they knew where they needed to get the vote out. It's not that people didn't send their ballots in and didn't vote. They didn't. They went and they got their ballots. Now that is legalized in the state of Nevada. If we don't get our hands around that kind of system and tear it down since the virus has been in place, we're never going to win in these states. Now, my problem with Arizona is you had a Republican governor. He didn't do anything to stop this system. You have a new Republican governor in Nevada, even though you have heavy-duty Democrats in the legislature there, and what he should do is say, we're not passing a bill, we're not doing anything until we get this fixed. So we keep talking about how great our Republican governors are. Some of them are. Some of them are no better than anybody else. All right, go ahead, Ivan. Yeah, I was going to say, Mark, will it ever be possible to get an audit of the vote? Because if, if, if you get an audit of the vote, you, you'll yes, be able to... Yes, there's been audits of the vote before. Who do you want to audit it? Democrat, these Democrat enclaves, Mark, 
it seems like they're territory into themselves. And, you know, it's almost like the Muslim no-go zones where the law is not allowed in these different right. precincts in, like Pennsylvania. But there were lawsuits brought, Ivan, and what good did they do? Well, you, so what you I'm, saying, I'm saying is when you have Republicans, we should have won Nevada. Now they need to, you have a Republican governor now, now he needs to address that. We had a Republican governor in Arizona who didn't. At some point, you can pass all the laws in the world. If Republicans aren't going to do certain things, they're not going to change anything. That's why I've had it. That's why I'm saying it to you. Yeah, you're right. Ducey didn't do what he needed to do. I mean, Hogan, look, he, you, you left Maryland, right? Mark. Hold on, yeah, I mean, Yes. You left Maryland, correct? Sorry. I, I, didn't I said you, you left Maryland, correct? Oh, yes, a- absolutely. Okay. Did Hogan make Maryland more livable, more, more, more bearable for you? No, you left. Absolutely not. He's a Democrat. And now he wants to run for president. I would ask my friends in New Jersey, did Chris Christie make New Jersey more livable? If so, why are all the people leaving Maryland and New Jersey and going to Florida? They're failed governors. They managed to get elected for themselves. But Christie is a failed governor. Hogan is a failed governor. You know, you you have a guy in Florida who literally changed the state. You don't have people running. Well, you know, we have a Democrat legislature here. Well, he had to fight the rhinos. Give you another example. Ivan, you and the nation. Uh, DeSantis was sent a redistricting plan that was a, a compromise between the Democrats and the Republicans of the legislature. And you know what he did? He rejected it. He vetoed it from his own party. And he rewrote it. And he sent it back and he told his party, no, this is the one, now pass it. And they passed it. Now that's a leader. That's what you do. That's what made the difference. Of course, the changes that occurred and the Republicans and all the rest. But he would not abide by the rhinos in his legislature who wanted to show that they could get along with the Democrats and come up with a bipartisan. He said, no, this is our time. This is our moment. We could win three, four, five seats. And that's what DeSantis did. And the Democrats did that in most all the other states. They pulled off a whopper there in uh, New York, but the, st- but the court couldn't even tolerate it and threw it out. Said, all right, Democrats, you get another try, legislature. They tried it again. It was just as bad. They threw it out again. So they were stuck with the old map. And as a result of that, look at all the wins we got. And as a great candidate, Lee Zeldin. And by the way, how come they don't call Lee Zeldin part of MAGA? Lee Zeldin defended Donald Trump right to the end and was endorsed by Donald Trump. I'm just pointing it out. The Demo- the, you know, people like to cherry pick these things. Ivan, you're the best. Take care, my friend. We'll be back. Mark Lovin. got this loser, Kevin Kramer, senator from North Dakota. Anybody know what the hell that guy does? He's all in for Mitch. Says Mitch has ice in his veins. Oh, well, then uh, we should all vote for Mitch. 
Scott doesn't have the votes. No, but he's got more courage than you do, Kramer. What a buffoon. He's got ice in his veins. We'll be watching who votes how, or we'll try and discern who votes how, if we can get it public. There's no question he'll have the votes. What does that demonstrate? Demonstrates what a, what a bunch of loads these guys are. That's what it demonstrates. I have no respect for them. None. Zero. Charles Barkley, his daughter married a, a young Jewish man, so his son-in-law is Jewish. And so he's asked about this Kyrie Irving stuff, um, and all kinds of weirdos are coming to his defense. But let's listen to this. Charles Barkley, cut 14, go. People have the right to feel and say what they want to. We have freedom of speech, but there are repercussions when you say certain things. Uh, listen, I don't know Kyrie Irving. I don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. I think he's been suspended, rightfully so, and I think he should come back and play in the NBA. But, you know, that's a really slippery slope because, you know, people always talk about freedom of speech, freedom of, 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 of effect, or you say whatever you want to, but there are repercussions. I mean, and he, he's paying for that right now, but this thing with free speech has really gotten out of hand, Don. I mean, you just can't go around insulting people and think it's okay just because it's freedom of speech. And his point is well taken. He doesn't oppose freedom of speech, but there is a price to pay. In the old days, you would pay in court an enormous amount of money with a defamation suit. Um, but not so today. But he did pay a price, Kyrie Irving. I think the dumbing down of anti-Semitism and its spreading in our schools, at our college level, in our public schools, folks, and you know if you have kids in there, it's getting completely out of control. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers. We hope that more Republican senators have the guts to stand up. I mean, you're not going to war. You're just voting against Mitch McConnell, for God's sakes. Hopefully, I'll see you tomorrow. Take care. 